Welcome back, everyone, to Mex Asian American. Today, we have um, hosts from Shit We Don't Tell Mom to talk to us about Shang-Chi because I desperately needed people to talk about this movie with bad grammar. Anyways, um, so welcome, Christy and Angie. Hello, hello. This is Christy. (laughs) This is Angie. It's nice to be back. Yeah, so um, I've had them on um, the show before with a collab episode, and then I will link that in the show notes if you guys are interested in talking about mental health, sex, sexuality, masturbation, etc., things like that. Um, but yeah, we are here to talk about Shang-Chi, um, which has had a lot of buzz lately. Um especially around the Asian American community because it's the first Asian Marvel superhero uh, movie. And I have unpopular opinions. I'll just put it out there. (laughs) Yeah, but we can first talk about, um, did you guys like it? Um, Okay, so obviously there are things I liked about it and then there are also things I didn't like about it Mm. but my one comment that's a bit neutral this is what I put on my social media like right after I watched it um I said you know they're an Asian family when they would rather duel to the death than go to family counseling (laughs) and it was just like classic that's like you know dynamics like they obviously never grieved probably over the mom's death Mm -hmm. they obviously have a lot of issues to deal with the sister has abandonment issues the son has like intense trauma and just none of them were ever like you know what maybe we should go to therapy and (laughs) And you know what yeah no and then you don't have to like duel to the death and what's funny is that in the movie the character Aquafina plays, she actually says, y'all need therapy. (laughs) She's like, I was, you know, thinking about your dad needing therapy, blah, blah, blah. And so they actually point that out. Yeah, exactly. But I guess like, you know, the comics came out, what, like in the 90s or whatever, and therapy wasn't that big of a deal. So it's just easier, just easier to duel to the death. Also, you you will have a movie. If you just that's right. Therapy. <laughs> <laughs> okay. And our Christie's initial opinions. I love the movie. Mm-hmm. Which is gonna be this is gonna be a, such a great conversation. It cause, is. Because <laughs> I'm so assuming, many- <laughs> Karen, that you don't love the movie. Angie's kind of in this neutral area. Uh-huh. And I'm like, woo! There's <laughs> Definitely, definitely major pieces that as a movie fan, like a person who just enjoys watching movies in general and enjoys stories in general, I have problems with. Mm. But the movie in of itself, overall, I enjoyed immensely to the point that I've watched it three times now. Wow. wow. And as a person who is hella fucking frugal and count my pennies, I have voluntarily paid <laughs> to watch the movie multiple times. Yeah, that's good because you're putting where you're you're putting your money where your mouth is. 
Yeah, basically. <laughs> okay, well, um, I don't love the movie, <laughs> but I don't not like, like, I don't dislike it either. Um, I would, I will say that when I was watching it, I enjoyed it a lot. Like when I was watching it in the moment. Um, but then afterwards, I was just thinking through the plot again. I have problems with the plot, but that's like what I've heard from others that most Marvel movies are like this. Um, not a Marvel fan. This is I don't watch superhero movies, so. Anyways. I'm a Marvel fan. <laughs> I watch superhero movies, but however, I must say, okay, I would say my Marvel. I can't call it fandom because. There's just a lot of holy people out there who love Marvel so much that I feel like I'm not worthy to put myself in that group. <laughs> but as a as a I don't know side Mar Marvel fan, I must say it is not an experience. It's not the same type of movie experience as like watching some Academy Award winning film. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like the way Marvel, it's it's very Hollywood, very like marketing, very like let's mm. make the money kind of thing. It's not like here's artistry, here's storytelling, here's <laughs> like character development. There's some, but like not, it's not, I think it's not that type of art. Mm -hmm. It's more yeah. like entertainment. Mm. Correct. And if that's what I said to my boyfriend as well, because I made him go watch it with me. Um, and he's also not a Marvel fan. So he's like, yeah, it was OK for a Marvel movie. I like the fight scenes. Um, I said the same thing, like, hey, you can't you, you don't go to this movie expecting it to be a masterpiece. It's mm. like a Marvel movie. There's a lot of product placement, i.e. BMW and Ikea, which is also both like very Asian. Yo, you know? I, I didn't even notice that. Oh, that was like the first thing I noticed. I was like, that's an Ikea lamp. Um, and then they also mentioned something about Ikea furniture and uh, the, all the cars on the streets were bmw so. okay the ikea furniture thing didn't actually happen in the movie it happened it's um it's it's part of so marvel does all these little clip things okay to like At tease fans okay so oh. they that that ikea thing is one of them teasers so it's not actually part of the shang chi movie oh i see which As someone sense. who's watched it many times and, and <laughs> slash Marvel fan, I just must correct. <laughs> That's fine. That's fine. Um, yeah, so it was definitely like an entertaining movie. I agree. I agree very much. Um, so what are the issues that you have? Because I, I do agree that the storytelling piece of it, it's not the best. Let's There's a lot of the flaws. Good parts first. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Okay. Let's start with the good well, shit. Okay. The cast. Like, I think the older cast, like mm -hmm. um Tony Leung. Tony Leung. Oh my god, Tony. <laughs> oh my god. Um, are they're all just like so they're just such good actors. I know. You know, I I was listening to other podcasts who were talking about Shang-Chi and I didn't realize who Tony was because I didn't know his English name until they were talking about like him and like who he was. And I was like, what? I'm like, yeah, Leng it's him. Yeah, yes, yes. <laughs> Mr. Leng Tzu White. Okay, everybody. Like, <laughs> bow down to Mr. Leng Tzu White. Yeah. And you can tell because like the scenes with him in it was when I paid attention to the movie the most. Mm. And 
when he talked about his dead wife, I actually teared up. Whoa. Like you can, I actually felt like his love, but also his unhealthy attachment to her Mm -hmm. was very like, it was very moving. I definitely teared up. I agree. I think all of the scenes with him in it were, I don't know. He's just such a good actor. There's like nothing more we can say because he's just excellent, you know? Legend. Legend. Let's just take a moment to appreciate his legendariness. Mm -hmm. Yes. Mm -hmm. Clap, clap, clap. (laughs) Applause, applause, applause. Bow, bow, bow. (laughs) Okay. So, Ange, you said the cast is win for the the movie. I said of the older people. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Uh, But you said we're focusing on the positive, right? So, we're just going to focus on the positive. well it's not not positive i just think like it's a little bit pandering Mm. but anyway anyway you what did you guys like um about the movie like what was positive for you christy there was a lot there was there were many areas of the movie that i resonated with and related to especially in the first half of the movie when they were doing a lot of the introduction parts of it. Mm -hmm. So when they show Chinatown, for example, San Francisco Chinatown is very similar to Vancouver Chinatown, both very old school Pacific, like first Chinese immigrant type places. So when I saw that scene of Chinatown, it really hit me because that's where I spent most of my childhood at. So seeing that on the big screen, I'm like, oh, you know, yes. The bus scene, the bus looks like the fucking bus in Vancouver. In Vancouver. Yeah. So <laughs> look exactly like, the you know Vancouver what I mean? So buses. it's like all these things that I feel like I can relate to that I am now seeing in fucking Hollywood. And okay, let's go into the bus scene a little bit. The people who are on the bus, a lot of times I find when we're watching other different types of movies, you're going to see mostly white people and like one or two token black people in there. Right. And maybe like a a Hispanic person, maybe, maybe. Now, this bus, okay, has a lot of different types of people in it, including lots of like there's there's different types of Asians in there. The girl who's doing her homework. Exactly. (laughs) The girl doing her homework. Like we've all or been that girl that's me that's fucking me (laughs) i'm yeah and when her fucking lap oh by the way everybody who's listening there's gonna be major spoilers to this movie yeah (laughs) (laughs) so if you haven't watched it by now you don't deserve to be kept no just 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 pause from this episode go watch it and then come back and listen to this episode again (laughs) now that scene when her laptop got sliced in half my heart i was like my essay (laughs) (laughs) because that girl is me sitting on the bus that i ride in vancouver you know what i mean so to see that bus scene and see all the people in there and all the different types of representation on the bus is like it looks like when i go on the bus that's what i see Mm -hmm. you know Mm -hmm. so the first half of the movie i loved because I got to see pieces like that. When Ronnie Chang said like, oh, I speak ABC. I'm like, yes. (laughs) You know what I mean? I was like, oh my God, it's so much of my identity. And 
when they talk about things like choosing a career path and like not knowing what to do and finding themselves and identity crisis, I feel like they're speaking to millennials. Oh yeah, absolutely. Which is us. Well, well, mostly Angie and I. Yeah. Not me. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's very, it's very relatable, right? It's like living up to your parents' expectations or potential, whatever, whatever, whatever. Yeah, that, w- that was super, super relatable. Uh, I actually also related to when they go back, when they go to Macau and they're like, what the fuck is going on here? This is so different from the, uh, from the US. And that's how I felt when I went back to China. Mm. That was relatable too. Mm -hmm. Yep. I love that they showcase that. You know what I mean? Like they showed this whole other side of Asia because I, I feel Asia, (laughs) like it's one big thing. Like that scene of modern Macau, I feel like some people who might not understand that, okay, first of all, Asia is a continent and there's like so many different countries in there. And second of all, we're not some, we, many countries and many places in Asia isn't some sad, sad third world place. Primitive. You know? Yeah, yeah exactly. Not, it's like it's modern, like, it's upbeat, it's hip, right. there's young people there, there's lots of lights, there's lots of entertainment, there's lots of things going on, lots of food and music, and you know, it's a happening scene. And I, I love that they spent time to show that little piece of Macau. That's right. It's not always like Doctor Strange going into the mountains and learning some sort of voodoo ancient magic from nuns and monks. Exactly. <laughs> well i i also really like the busting i also agree i think my favorite part is the first half of the movie um the chinatown scenes the bus scene was so funny it was like i was cracking up in the theater and it was just me and my friend (laughs) um yeah and then uh what else was i gonna say the fight scenes i was like it was so mesmerizing maybe also because i haven't watched a lot of action scenes or a lot a lot of action movies but i thought they did the like chinese martial arts slash wuxia kind of film vibes really well Mm -hmm. um i wish there were more yes i think Mm -hmm. yes i remember watching a behind the scenes clip of simu and more saying well that's how i don't know how like what the white way is like jamor like her which is the girl that plays uh xu xialing in the movie mm. the sister mm-hmm. so it was simu and more like enough doing their practice like doing their choreography and they looked so legit i know i wish there was more xu xialing i was like yes xu xialing was great i hope I that know. she gets more oh. and also i watched like um interviews of her and she's so funny she is so funny and so down to earth she was probably my favorite like breakout character Mm. um but yeah other than that what else did i like the culture relatability yeah um oh the fact that it was like not mostly but there was mandarin in it um i was like yes hello Um, (laughs) it just makes sense i love that they started 
the movie in Mandarin. Mm. And it wasn't just one or two lines, like trying to be cheesy kind of a thing. <laughs> they they spent the entire portion of explaining that backstory solely in Mandarin. And then the other thing that I appreciated was that sometimes, okay, a couple of things. Sometimes when folks are speaking in a different language, I find they write it in English first and then they translate it into the Mandarin version. So then oh. it doesn't sound very natural in terms of conversation and speaking wise. Uh -huh. I feel like in this movie, they wrote those parts in Mandarin. In Chinese, yes, yes. correct. I and agree. then they added in the English the subtitles. Subs are inaccurate. Correct, <laughs> which I liked. Yeah, I liked, liked that. Huh. Yeah, because it's sort of. <laughs> it wasn't like direct translation. Like there's something called transliteration where you translate literally word for uh -huh. word and doesn't always make sense. And sometimes in Chinese, such a con a context heavy implicit language mm -hmm. that translating it directly may not actually get the message across. Mm -hmm. So as somebody who had to translate stuff before, um, when I read the English translation versus the Chinese they were talking, I was like, this is a great interpretation. That's why a lot of the translators, they're not called translators anymore. They're called interpreters. Mm. Mm, well, context that. and meaning makes uh, a bigger difference than just translation. I do see that as someone who speaks or understands both languages, there are parts of the movies where I'm like, ah, that could have been better, better. put <laughs> in English. You know what I mean? Like some mm -hmm. parts would have just been, it would have hit home a lot more yes. if they had said it in a different way in English. So I do agree that some parts of it I didn't like that the translations wasn't so great or the subtitles weren't so great. However, because of that, I was able to spot like, oh, I'm pretty sure they wrote this in Chinese. Chinese, first. that's right. right? And yeah. I have immense respect and appreciation yes. for that. That's actually really interesting because I didn't think about it that way. I was just like, if you're going to subtitle something, you should do it correctly. <laughs> um, but... Okay, two things. But number one is like a few examples I thought were like interesting was when they translated Baijiu to whiskey, I was like, that's not like, yeah, <laughs> not the same thing. But that was like very minor. And then the other one that other people has been bringing up is like when Tony Liang was like, what should the yen be? Should the fan hai duo? And then it was, I forgot what it was translated into, but it was yeah. like, nothing close correct yeah that that um last scene that you talked about when tony leong said that when i saw that subtitle that was one of the few times that it bothered me yeah yeah that it didn't translate correctly because what he has said in in chinese or in mandarin it it has so much more impact. Like it was so much more hilarious i know because he said that <laughs> but in the english version it's like meh you should just respect me because you're young, you know? Yeah, yeah. I don't know. Something like that. <laughs> Some shit like that. And I was like, mm. it, it kind of made me feel like, haha, I know something other people in this theater doesn't. <laughs> and I even like, yeah. yeah, yeah. The other thing that I thought about the whole Mandarin situation that I really liked is that everybody spoke Mandarin pretty well. Whereas in some other... Um, shows that I've seen, they try to speak, they add the Mandarin in there to try to add more cultural context or whatever. Mm. But all of the actors have a different 
proficiency level. So as someone who understands Mandarin-ish, I can hear, I'm like, this person's ABC, this person's fluent, this, you know what I mean? And, but they're all acting like one big family speaking to each other. And I'm like, okay, it, it might sound great for a non-Chinese understanding person, but as someone who understands, it's like so choppy, mm. you know? That's interesting because I thought their Chinese was different. Like oh. everybody's Chinese yeah. in the movie sounded different to me. Because yeah. I'm they Canto, everybody. I'm Canto. <laughs> they, they were different. Like, But also like the other thing I was going to bring up was I went, um, I, well, I had high expectations because everybody was raving about this. And maybe that's why like I didn't love it <laughs> because I had high expectations. But I was like, I came home and I was like, it's a good movie. I think you should watch it to one of my friends who's not Chinese. They went to watch it. And then they were talking to me about how they felt like Tony Liang's English was kind of weird. And I was like, um, I think it might be because like maybe they've written it in Chinese first and then translate it into English. Or it's just like, I don't know, Canto way of speaking English or like that's how he grew up learning English. Um, like so weird that, as in his accent look, I or think, weird no, as in accent. I think just like grammar stuff I feel like that's not on him that's on the screenwriter isn't it yeah that's on the screenwriter I thought the I thought the stuff that they wrote was pretty good but yeah the the whole point like everyone's Mandarin was a little bit different obviously for a native Mandarin speaker it was a little bit like inauthentic but (laughs) what are you gonna do right this is a hollywood movie this is as a canto person i'm like i understand (laughs) (laughs) because like simu 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 had like or simu i guess if you want to say it properly simu right simu but i don't know Um, his like chinese chinese liu simu yeah liu simu it's like his Mandarin was pretty good, but it had a Canadian accent, mm, just like mine. Just like mine. Canadian Chinese. Yeah, it just means like it's it's not totally whitewashed, but you can tell that's not something he speaks most of the time. And obviously, Tony Leung's uh, Mandarin is really good, but it still has a slight like ever. There's a canto. Yeah, ever slightly bit of a Hong Kong influence to it. And then Michelle Michelle Yeoh's uh, Mandarin has that like southern. South Sea, like Nanyang, mm-hmm. like Malaysia, Singapore accent mm. to it. Yeah. So it was like very obvious to a native speaker. Mm-hmm. Like the different regions. Yes, that's right. Yes. So I'm just gonna, <laughs> I'm gonna defend my comment that I said <laughs> earlier. <laughs> I agree. There is native differences. What annoyed me about other shows slash movies that had done this is you can clearly hear the English accent. Mm. Oh, yeah. Like completely. Like this person can't even like they're trying really hard to speak Mandarin. Right. Um, While another character is like clearly way more fluent, but they're supposed to be a family. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like they're supposed to have grown up together and speak the same language mm. when I can clearly do tell mean, there's an English accent. Do you mean Mulan? Disney's Mulan? <laughs> I mean fresh off the boat. 
Oh, fresh off the boat. Okay. Wait, Mulan was not, like that too. I'm, I haven't watched Mulan because of how bad I heard yeah, everybody it said it was. It's it's very disappointing. Definitely compared to all the other representation movies we've had, Marvel's def- like this one's definitely higher on the list. Mm-hmm. I actually preferred Crazy Rich Asians over this movie. Ooh. Because Crazy Rich Asians was very... I don't know what the word is. It was very like um, correct. Does that make sense? Like Michelle Yeoh has a Malaysian slash Singaporean accent and this is in Singapore. And, you know, like Henry Golding's character, I forgot his name. He has a British accent, but that's because he grew up in boarding school in England. And then Rachel, which is played by Constance Wu, is American. So it's like, it made a lot of sense. It's basically all the geography that matters to Angie. It's like, if the accent is correct, then it is correct. (laughs) Then I I like the likes. Yes, I recently read the book. Oh, yes. I mean, I read it a while ago, but I was actually thinking about Crazy Rich Asians the other day after I watched Shang-Chi. And I thought to myself, I really like Shang-Chi more than Crazy Rich Asians. Whoa. So I find this I find this awesome because you feel the opposite. For me, it has nothing to do with the accent. Like (laughs) I I agree with Ange. The Crazy Rich Asians has the correct accent. I think also because Crazy Rich Asian is one very simple, straightforward story. You know, it's a story that happens over the span of like a week. Whereas like Marvel, it's very complex, right? Like the whole storyline, the plot is very interesting. It's very tragic. There's a, you know, it's a very tragic commentary to blah, 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 blah. So it's a very complex movie done in a very blockbuster way. And I feel like when that's, that happens, it does dilute the meaningful aspects of the movie. Whereas Crazy Rich Asian was literally like, boom, entertaining boom representation so it checks off both um and marvel is trying to do all these things like shang chi is trying to check off all the boxes they're also trying to appease uh, not please (laughs) appease the chinese mainland audience as well like the the fight scenes uh, that we enjoy like the bus scene that's very straightforward there's no cheesiness to it it's very north american Mm. like that's the kind of fighting style that we really like. There's a lot of martial arts involved. It's very like boom, 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 boom. The choreography between Tony Liang and Fala Chen. Yo, was I love very that. Asian. It was I loved so it. Asian I loved that I it. laughed out loud when they had the eyes locking thing. I burst out laughing. <laughs> I was like, "This is what I watched when I was young." Yeah, I'm so, like, so, "This is how you fall in love, everybody. This is how you fall in love." <laughs> but I, it made me cringe. It made me cringe a little bit too. It made me cringe so hard because like it's so different from the bus scene. But I love I love that they have both of those, you know, and 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 they did it in a way that, okay, even though we all cringed a little bit, it wasn't like cheese sauce. Cheesy, you know what I mean. But okay. But I, I, I liked it because because it reminded me, like Karen said, of the shit that I would watch when I was younger, and that shit is cheesy. You know what? That's cheesy for the cheese 
sake, but the rest of the movie wasn't cheesy enough. So either that scene was too cheesy or the rest of the movie wasn't cheesy enough. You know what I mean? Mm. I feel like they can't have too much cheese. Otherwise, it's just going to be like, you know what I mean? Like lactose intolerant here. (laughs) (laughs) Cheese has to be in moderation and it's got to be in certain dishes. So it's got to be in certain parts of the scene. You know, I just really like the whole movie. How the ending scene, well, not the ending scene, but like towards the end when Simu was like fighting Tony Leung and it was like exact same scene. Where oh, like, really? it's great, so cringe. and then so I was like, Oedipus, Oedipus complex, the triangle. What? <laughs> I don't even know so what that cringe. is. <laughs> it's like uh, Oedipus, Oedipus killed his yeah. father so he could have sex with his mom. Anyway, oh, 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 <laughs> God, oh no, this just went totally sideways, <laughs> totally different. Because I was talking about that in class, in one of my classes. Oh. Um, I actually really like that they reuse that because it's like. It was it's it's Shang Chi accepting his the gift that his mother had given him because he was having such an identity crisis, right? And so much of the movie is talking about coming to terms with your own identity mm-hmm. and looking at like where did you come from and all the things that have made you who you are, which in what the movie says, it's your parents and everybody and those that came before you. And instead of hiding that, he is embracing it and understanding it. And and that scene to me, it's like him taking on what his mother had given him. And now he's able to do, he's able to defeat his father because of it. Okay, I think I'm gonna start talking about some things I don't like. I agree. I've been doing that the whole time. (laughs) But yeah, go for it. But like, I agree. The whole premise of the movie was like this identity crisis, but I felt like it was not. I don't know, like it was not yes. well done or something like yes, that. Like I, that, I agree with. First yeah. of all, I was like, I wish when they went to like um shoot, I forgot what it was called, but the village his mother came from, Talo, 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 yeah, um, Talo, yeah. That it wasn't just like, hey, I'm your aunt, and you can just. <laughs> I wish like you had yeah. to go through this like rite of passage or something for him mm-hmm. to or like another step into like to learn his identity without the help of this like ant character which mm. i low-key think is useless yes me too i thought it was very unnecessary for very the unnecessary it was so unnecessary and then I, the I agree. subplot between the archery guy and aquafina wait i kind of love that i was like the archer guy was so endearing to me <laughs> i loved him but i think the little subplot is a little well bit i still like, think eh. like well i think aquafina was also unnecessary in the movie yes oh my god yes that's what i think too that's why that's why my comment earlier about the casting like i just think there could have been so many other asian american girls like women that is this evie evie's going crazy oh you can hear evie oh we can hear oh whoops (laughs) yeah she's uh she's going a little bit cray cray outside um I've been like drooling over your Instagrams because of you. <laughs> yes. So I'll, I'll, I'll bring her out once we're done recording. Okay. <laughs> so you can say hi. Anyways, we but can yeah, hear I, all of her anyway. <laughs> <laughs> I just thought a lot of like unnecessary characters and yes. plot points or like even plot points that I felt like was like not developed enough or like I wanted more of something. What, like, I like wanted to from know, who specifically? Okay, so I wanted to know what the deal is with that guy in the mask that's part of the assassin team who, yeah. like, raised Simu and, like, 
what what is their relationship? Um, I wanted more of um, Xu Xiaoling, of course. Yes. <laughs> so I was like, hello, they grew up together. <laughs> she will be back for sure. Yeah, well, like based on, uh, there's probably going to be a sequel based on the ending scene. Um, and then what else did I... Also, like, what is up with the actor who is locked in at the basement of, like... Oh, the- I, I was- actually love that. I love that. Did? Like, you did? I thought he guy- was unnecessary. I actually didn't love that. But, like, I know who I thought, he is. I know yeah, why. He yeah. played um, He played the Mandarin in Ant-Man? Iron Man? Iron oh, Man. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Uh, the Marvel-ness in me is like, come on, guys. Yeah. Okay, so this and is then- the Marvel thing. I know it's I a Marvel thing. I yeah. thought it was kind of funny because like it added to the ridiculousness of the movie uh-huh. because by that point it was already getting a little bit like it went from like very relatable realistic uh-huh. to like Marvel right like mm-hmm. here are some like supernatural beings and stuff like that so I feel like it like helped the transition mm-hmm. a little bit because otherwise when I see these creatures I'd be like what the fuck is going on you know yeah I, mean? I also think the transition wasn't done very well that's like all of a sudden there's these giant flying creatures i'm yeah. like that is unnecessary for this movie you've just introduced these characters to mm-hmm. the universe why did you kill tony leung off why <laughs> yeah okay, and then i also wanted more of like that trauma scene was like so intense like when simi was a young boy and he saw his his mother die like I wanted to see more it was literally just like him at the window and that was it mm-hmm. <laughs> and then the next thing was like his mother died and I was like what happened yeah yeah I agree with all of the things that everyone had said I think that the the scene with Trevor I think just having Trevor there I, I like that it was funny Trevor's the actor guy um I like that it was funny but everything from that point on it was convenience 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 Mm. convenience and that was that's my major thing that i dislike about the movie is that the first half is great because of all the relatability stuff tony leung makes me like the whole movie all the way to the end because Tony Leung and his character reminds me of my father Mm. and that's why i have like this emotional attachment to the movie because i have like this personal, even extra relatability to it. But if we're just talking about Trevor and like the latter half of the movie, I agree, there's so many things wrong with it. And I just felt like everything was just too convenient to happen Mm -hmm. for how Mm -hmm. they got into Talo, how it was so easy and and the whole Michelle Yeoh character, the aunt character just came out of nowhere and really serves no purpose besides like, I'm gonna teach Simu how to, undo a fist you know (laughs) (laughs) and and i'm like okay well so everything just happens so easily and then and then boom there's a fucking dragon that came out of nowhere oh you know like like, uh, you know too soon i know so i agree all of that shit is the stuff that i have problems with yeah well, I'm agree we're on the same place. I'm, I'm glad we're on the same page. Uh, but like, I think it's because the beginning was so good that it was like building up expectation for the end hurrah or whatever. And then it was just two dragons fighting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I totally think that 
if they had taken it slower, they could have been like sequels or whatever. Um, if they had just taken the time to really develop the characters, because most of us have have no prior exposure to Shanti. Mm. Right. Like, why not just create this character? And I think that's the part where I was a little bit not even a little bit where I was extremely disappointed about the representation. They clearly, yes, this is a representation movie as in like, there's, we see people like us, like on the bus and stuff, but in terms of actual representation, like I'm sure the people who were involved in the movie did the best that they could in terms of inserting as much representation as possible, but from the executive level, the Marvel level, they just, the, the effort in, having the executives wanting to really have this character as a big part of Marvel, like the cinematic universe was not there. Like mm-hmm. it was like they made the movie to pander to us. So oh. I'm just going to say this is Marvel in general. Like that's why at the beginning I'm like, you don't watch Marvel to get an in-depth storyline and character development. Like you don't get that <laughs> juicy goodness. You know what I mean? Like you watch Marvel for pure entertainment stuff and and the fact that everybody else below the gods of marvel is trying to insert all of these representation things in there that is something that i highly appreciate because Mm. i I don't get that from any of the other marvel movies you know what i mean and all the other marvel movies are just the same type of shit Mm. i say shit but like shit that i enjoy watching which is very minimal character development it's all about rushing through the story it's about like getting another piece of movie out there you know merchandise 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 um and i feel like all these problems that we're having that we're discussing today about shang chi is is universal to all of the other marvel movies like that's just what marvel movies are yes okay so as as an audience like as people who uh, so you like marvel which is fine what do you think marvel can do better for our representation i feel like they're already doing a pretty good job is what i'm saying like like let's respect that they spent time to focus on a scene where shang chi removes his shoes before walking into the house (laughs) you know what i mean like they these little little nuggets that they're putting in there i'm not saying there's no room to grow for sure there's always room to grow and do more but i feel like let's take a pause and respect that they've already done a lot of things that they actually haven't done in some of the other movies i can't speak for black panther because i'm not part of that community so when i watched it i'm like woo right but i'm sure there's been a lot of support and criticism as well from the people in that community because it's you know they're representing black people right so there's always you're like you're never going to be able to satisfy the whole audience and what i actually because we're talking about representation something that i really appreciated is that they didn't just focus on shang chi it wasn't just like here's one token asian superhero for you and like that's it we can move on that's that's like our diversity checkbox no they showcase xu xialing okay they showcase um tony liang right they showcased all these other badasses that are also air quotes superheroes 
themselves. So it's not just like, here's one person that you can respect for the Asian community. There's actually all these other characters that are so badass and they're all Asian. And I thought that that was really cool of them to do because it wasn't just to focus on Shang-Chi. And it also opened up the world of like, look, it's not just, look, Taolo is not just this tiny little village next to a river. It's it transcends into all these other different places. So that means as a Marvel person, like as a Marvel fan, you're thinking, okay, because Marvel is really about so much of it about is about multiverses and et cetera, et cetera. You now know that there's this entire universe, potential universe of Asian-esque superheroes and powers that we didn't actually even know about. So it's not just one person. There's this entire universe of Asian superheroes out there that we haven't seen yet. Sorry. I like that they opened up that possibility. Yes. Yes, that I, I like as well. And I do agree with most of your points. What I meant by like, there's at the high level. So like taking off the shoes. I'm sure that was somebody involved in the movie, like probably a director well, not probably not the main director, but like probably somebody directly involved in the movie, like a writer, right? That went, you know what? Taking off shoes, that's pertinent to the culture of this movie. What I mean more is like the way that Marvel is checking off the diversity box is like, okay, we made a movie about Black people. We made a movie about Asian people or like East Asians. Now we're going to make a movie about Blank people. We're not going to make a movie about another superhero in the universe that's blank you know what I mean that's their version of checking off the diversity but they're not really doing anything to bring everyone together in one place like it's not like they have a movie where it's like different types of culture they're showing how people can be multicultural in one movie it's still very segregated but it okay <laughs> like it that shit is hella gonna come for sure like things like all the avenger movies is about all of the different superheroes coming together okay. fighting a being right so this is marvel phase four right now okay so all there's many um new superheroes that are coming into the marvel universe Shang-Chi is one of the new ones, right? And there's going to be a bunch other more. And for sure, they're going to do a movie where all these new superheroes come together and probably not just one movie, many movies, because the Avengers had many, many movies. I, I don't know if I'm like losing you guys now with these. No, no, I'm, I'm, I'm still I'm still with you. I'm still with you. The Avengers, the Defenders, whatever, whatever. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> and even even if it's not in a quote unquote Avenger movie, a lot of times they're going to do like cameo like Wong, for example. He's part of the Doctor Strange saga. Yes. Right. So, so he is it just because he's Asian that he's in the movie? No, it's all part of a one giant storyline. So what <laughs> okay. you just saw is like a so every movie is like no, a chapter in a story. Right. Yeah. So everything is all part of one giant storyline. So the abomination, which is the, the giant dude that Wong was fighting, that guy came from the Hulk. 
like the movie Hulk or the storyline of the Hulk. And now all the fan theories are like, what the fuck is Wong doing with the abomination and like training him? Oh my gosh, there's going to be like some side storyline. And every time he goes back into like one of them circle thingy majigs, right? And he walks through it. That's, that's actually, he's actually going back to Dr. Strange lair. Like as, as a, as a fan, you can see, because you can see inside all the bookcases, like that's the library, yeah. that's Dr. Strange's library, right? Yeah. So you're making all these different connections, which makes sense because one of the next movies that is coming out is Dr. Strange. So they are oh, setting up a lot of I this see. stuff. You know what I mean? So they're not just throwing in characters for the sake of throwing in characters. And they're just not, not just like checking off boxes. Like these superheroes, Black Panther and Shang-Chi and so many more, they've been written decades ago. Yes. Yeah. I bet you like in very racist formats, which is now they're adapting to like not yes. trying to not be racist and which more using like it as Trevor. a. <laughs> <laughs> which is I like Trevor. Which is why I liked Trevor. What also, do you mean? the actor that plays Trevor. Because they're trying to like wrap up the whole point of why the Mandarin used to be a white guy. So we all knew that he was like a fake Mandarin. Everybody knew that the Mandarin is someone else. Like people knew about the Ten Rings long. When I say people, I mean like Marvel fans. Yeah, yeah. We all knew that this guy, like uh, he, he exists. Wenru exists, right? Tony Leung's character exists and he's the leader of the Ten Rings, but nobody knows who the fuck he is because he's so mysterious, right? And then finally, finally now in Shang-Chi, we like see his face. We know who he is. We now know what his backstory is. We, And there's even mentions of him being called Master Khan. So like maybe he was Genghis Khan, you know, at yeah, some point, yeah, right? Yeah, Which yeah. is like, whoa. And... I don't even know where I'm trying to go at with this, but I'm I'm saying like all these, a lot of these Easter eggs, I wouldn't even call them Easter eggs, but I guess uh, crossovers between actors, that's gonna happen between all of the different Marvel movies that's gonna come up, right? There's bound to be a few crossover here and there, just even one or two characters. And then when they bring everyone together, like they did in the Avenger movies, that's going to be fucking mind blowing. And that totally will happen because they're going to make a fuck ton of money from that. Yeah. Like fuck ton. <laughs> Can't wait. I will. Definitely so sorry, my my question. So going back to just regular Marvel Universe, I thought the Mandarin, like the Mandarin being like the fake, like it's actually supposed to be Xu Wen the whole time. I thought that was just in the movies. Like I thought like in the comic books, it was something like Fu Manchu or something like that. Like, I thought that was the racist part of it. Well, the names were really fucking racist because they just put in a whole bunch of Chinese sounding words and then they called it a name. And yes, you're right. Like in the comics, because I didn't read the um, the graphic novels, so I don't know those backstories very well. But I do mm. know that in a lot of a lot of characters that show up there, they merge them when it comes to the cinematic universe. Oh, so yeah, they'll put different characters. Many. Exactly. It'd just be like two different. It's already such a huge universe. It's already can, can be confusing for people to follow. Right. Um, so it's more convenient that they merge different characters together. And that does happen quite, yeah. quite a bit, actually. Gotcha. 
Yeah. Okay. So right. when, when you say like, <laughs> oh my gosh, I want there to be more crossovers of different cultures and all of that. I agree yeah. with the culture thing, but the whole crossover thing in general, that is gonna happen. You just have to have chapter one first. And this gotcha. is chapter one. Yeah. So back to the actually criticizing the movie. For chapter one, there's a lot going on. Yeah. But like you said, it's a Marvel movie. They don't have all the time in the world to develop a person's character. That's fair. Overall, I still like the movie. It's still net positive in my books. <laughs> Same. Yay! That's all I asked for. <laughs> <laughs> um, so let's wrap this up. Um, <laughs> I was going to ask about if you guys have any predictions on what the sequel will be about based on the end <laughs> scene. <laughs> Christy's like, oh, you guys can't see, but she's like excited little <laughs> fingers um, clapping motion. It's like when Mr. Burns get really excited about a devious plan <laughs> from Very The Simpsons. Subtle. Very subtle, yes. Um, okay, side note. In all of the other Marvel movies and TV shows that I have watched, I... I actually enjoy doing some research on YouTube. So I will watch a lot of um, videos on Easter eggs. I will watch a lot of videos on predictions and things like that. With Shang-Chi, I actually purposely avoided everything that YouTube had to say about Shang-Chi because I didn't want to taint myself. I wanted to watch it enough times for me to actually develop my own opinions and thoughts before I watch any of that stuff. So in terms of predictions, it's actually a lot harder now because I didn't watch any of that stuff. But for sure, I think Xu Xiaoling is going to be a really big player coming in. And she might be some sort of an anti-hero. So because I would, they are I would build, love they're, that. They're building a lot of anti-hero people right now, like outside of Shang-Chi, like in all the other parts of Marvel. Mm-hmm. And uh, I and I don't necessarily think Xu Xiaoling will join that crew specifically, but I think she's going to have more of an anti-hero type role. Hmm. I don't have any predictions because I don't whatever, but I do have one more criticism. <laughs> Go ahead. I also don't have any predictions, so... <laughs> I really just think there could have been a better person than Aquafina to play that role. Yeah. I love Aquafina. Like I love Aquafina. I've been following her before she even became famous during her first My Vag song on YouTube. I've been a fan since My Vag. And that was like what 2000 I don't know. I'm probably dating myself here, but that was like original Aquafina you know she was just like youtube whatever she was just not known at all listeners if you don't know what Ange is talking about pause go youtube aquafina my vag it is going to make your day i will yes. do that right now yes um in 2012 so in 2012 her song my vag became popular and uh she also had another uh collaboration with margaret cho called green tea i love that one too so i've been a huge fan of aquafina and i still am i love aquafina but i don't think her personality and the type of role she plays suits that character Mm -hmm. i just don't think it suits and 
her she's just she's just a different type of person from what marvel cinematic universe reminds me of also that like one arrow shot that that one yes. arrow shot that got this it's too convenient yeah exactly, exactly. Like, like christy like christy said it's too convenient but the fact that she was like when Wong came out was like follow me and both simu and aquafina followed him I, they, they they don't have real names apparently they they don't have sorry they don't have marvel names in my head they only know them by <laughs> yeah they're, it's bus boy and bus the driver boy. yes bus boy and driver um when they got called into the thing i'm like wait aquafine's being called too like what i don't and when i watched the interview aquafina actually said that they went to her first and they said we want you in this movie and then they used her as another person to find Shanti's actor. So I felt that was a little bit of Marvel pandering just because they know how popular Aquafina is. Mm. So here's my follow up on this. And I agree with everything that you have said, except the part where you said, I don't think Aquafina should have played the character of Katie. So why I say that is because I think the character Katie was written for Aquafina. I feel like they just wrote this character so that Aquafina can play this character and be in this movie. When that character doesn't even need to exist, first of all, in the movie. And but they just they just added it in there and they wrote this character of Katie just so that they can have Aquafina in the cast and play this character. Because I feel like the character of Katie is very like like the funny person, you know what I mean? And that's, it's very much similar to some of the other roles that Aquafina has played. Yes. So, so this person is doesn't actually exist in like- Oh, they, I actually so don't know. I don't oh, okay. know if Katie, if the, if the character Katie exists in the Marvel universe, I will need to do some research because again, I didn't research anything about Shang-Chi because I didn't want to, I didn't want to know because I wanted to just go in fresh. So after this podcast, I will go find out. But I feel like Katie doesn't exist in the the Marvel yeah, universe. They just I, yeah, wrote it, it like... for the purpose of having Aquafina play this character and for the purpose having, of Aquafina oh, be in this movie. Yeah. Because yeah. she's so popular right now. Because like everybody loves her so more people are going to come watch this movie because she's in it so i feel like it's more of a marvel executive decision of creating this character yeah that's why i thought that that's the part where i thought marvel was doing a little bit of pandering but other than that i love aquafina so and i did also have a problem with how she also stepped into the ring because i'm like how are you an avenger because you yeah. just shot an arrow and they even pointed it out in the movie she only had one day of training yes and i'm like and then you're now an avenger <laughs> like i'm like hmm this is i also, like, like that there's gonna be more asian representation in the mcu but i didn't i don't know if i like that that's how i want i, I don't like how that had happened Hmm. Also, I feel like they were trying to force something romantic. Oh, did y'all get that? I was like, yes. yeah, oh, it's yeah. too forced. 
It's yeah. too forced. Oh. Yes. <laughs> I did not like that. Yes, me too. Cool. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Is that how we're going to end this episode? Oh, we're just like <laughs> we sound very very like bitter about this movie, but that's not true. We there were lots and lots of parts that we really enjoyed. Mm-hmm. I enjoyed so much of the um the little like references to the old like wuxia movies that we grew up watching like the moving bamboo grove reminded me of taohua dao which is from one of my favorite series by um louis cha which is he's like the cinema sorry not cinematic he's like a universe creator in in chinese right like he's the i don't want to say equivalent because there's never equivalence between different authors but his work is a lot of times compared to like um Tolkien or like Rowling but I don't think Rowling's universe is as good as Louis Cha um I think if anything his universe can be comparable to maybe like a smaller Marvel so I really like that I don't know if it was an homage or anything but the bamboo grove just like really reminded me of I don't even know what that is in Chinese. I mean, in English. Maybe you know what I'm talking about. Um, I don't know. I, I don't know. either. Damn it. Um, but oh, do you guys oh, no. know Louis Cha? No. Ding Yong. <laughs> I think, <laughs> like, like, name any of those, like, martial arts shows that you grew up watching. I bet you it's Louis Cha. Dot, 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 dot. <laughs> Sorry. Da, 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 da. Name? Yeah, what? that's what I'm trying to. Okay, well, his his uh, pen name is Jing Yong, J I N Y O N G. Like, you know, like, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I know those. Yeah, that's all, that's all by him. And they're mm. all in the same universe as well. Like, Tianlong Interesting. Ba Bu, oh, cool. Bu, I didn't know that. I also did not know that they were in the same universe. They're all in the same universe. And his work is so popular. The only reason why it hasn't become like really, really big in Western civilization is because Chinese is so eloquent that by the time it's translated into English, it just sounds silly. Mm-hmm. Cause there's but, so much poetry involved. That's right. But all the, all the, like the, the, like, um, where is it? Bei Gai Nan Di, Dong Xie Xi Du. Like the fact that there's all these like sects, um, the beggar sects, and then there's like the different, like, you know what I mean? Like they all transcend different books as well. So it's like there's a universe to it and there's different martial arts styles and different like clans and stuff like that. Um, yeah, anyway, before I deep dive too deep into that, Louis Cha, Jing Yong, look it up. Like a lot of the martial arts stuff that we grew up watching is is his work so yeah cool. just shout out to lewis <laughs> <laughs> come on guys like get your chinese cultural stuff on another note i just i just googled uh katie is not a character in the marvel comics okay confirmed <laughs> i'm just gonna focus on all the good parts Yes. of the movie we and i still very much enjoy well, the I, good part we like the movie except christy loved it <laughs> well i loved it because like i don't see my bus very often i don't see the people that i see on my bus very often i don't mm-hmm. see people taking off their shoes in a hollywood movie 
very often, right? And and I did mention in the episode a little bit earlier that the character that Tony Leung played, some parts of it reminded me of my dad, like how uh, Shang-Chi and him had like unresolved differences and they didn't get to talk about it and et cetera, et cetera, yeah. until right at the end, they kind of had like a mutual understanding by looking into each other's eyes. So I know <laughs> that doesn't replace actually having a conversation and like hashing it out, but either way, there was some peace that came between the both I of them, right? I actually love that scene because yeah. it's basically how Chinese families work. Like you don't talk about it. Like, until you're dying <laughs> but or you have a mutual like, understanding by making when eye you're contact dying, you just yeah look at agreed. each other's eyes and <laughs> pass pass down the family heirloom which he did right and i thought that that was really beautifully done and yeah. i think like i those are those are the moments that i'm like yes i really appreciate that they spent the time to do that and they wrote it so well and that they didn't just fucking fight to the death you know that there was some peace to it, it wasn't like there's an evil person and there's good people. Like there's all these complicated bits of it. And Tony Leung's character is like, oh shit. I realized I did fuck up. I wasn't there for you guys when you needed me the most. And I was just like so stubborn and fixated on thinking about the past. I'm I'm sorry. Like that's what I read from his one second from his eyeballs. And then he passed down his rings and I'm like, yes. And, and what hit me in the feels is that I have a lot of unresolved issues with my dad and I didn't I didn't get to have that conversation. You know what I'm saying? Mm. And I'm seeing I'm seeing a happy resolution and that makes me feel good, which is Aww. another part of why I really enjoyed this movie, you know? Yeah. Yes. I think I think that could be like something that um yeah Oh, Christy, I think that's very like <laughs> unresolved emotional baggage with Chinese fathers. Yeah. And, and I realize that that's going to be shit that I need to work on through therapy, etc. But it's the fact that I'm now in a space where I can even identify these emotions from watching a fucking Marvel movie. And I'm like, yo, I have some unresolved issues with my dad too. And we didn't get a chance to talk about it. And he didn't give me the eye contact before he died. You know what I'm saying? It's like, oh, and the fact that I, I'm in a place where I can even identify that I feel like is, you know, one step forward for in my journey of resolving our family issues. Okay, so in today's episode, we learned to go to therapy and watch Shang-Chi. <laughs> <laughs> and also do some research on Louis Chat. I'm like a slightly offended that people don't know who he is because we owe so much of that, like, that type of entertainment to him. So mm. look up Louis Chat, please. Anyways, thank you guys for coming <laughs> on the show. Thank you um, for having us and letting plug. me rant. <laughs> yes, thanks for letting us rant and letting me go off on that tirade about Louis Cha. Um, if you guys want to hear more about therapy and more actually mental health related shit and uncomfortable shit, Angie and I do have our own podcast at Shit We Don't Tell Mom. So you can check us out on all of the podcast platforms or you can come onto our website at shitwedonttellmom.com. Yes. Or Instagram at shit we don't tell mom. <laughs> <laughs> yes. What what Christy said. <laughs> I'll link everything in the show notes. <laughs> <laughs>